Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse, the podcast all about animated features not made by Disney. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Macias, and today, you know, this episode is going to air right before the 4th of July, so I figured let's do an episode focused on the 4th of July movie. Now, last year, before I officially started this podcast, I did do an episode on America the Motion Picture, the Netflix feature, that was pretty much like a test for what I ended up doing, and I figured, okay, you know what, for this new, you know, official episode, uh, first official episode for 4th of July, I figured I should do something that, you know, of course, focuses on the holiday and is probably also adult. Well, not probably, is adult. Now, when it comes to animation, of course, a lot of people have this stigma around it where they consider it to be a family friendly thing, a, a child-only thing, uh, a thing that if adults are watching it, it's because they're watching it with their kids. And honestly, that's lame. So it, it is nice to see every now and then animated features that are pretty much just determined to say, hey, animation can be for adults too. The downside is that, of course, we haven't had that many. And because we have so few of them, a lot of them often tend to try very hard on creating that image for people. Like, they, they often try to force in adult jokes, you know, adult um, content in there. And it gets to a point where it gets kind of annoying. So with that in mind, I figured, okay, let me go back to one that I really enjoyed, but has since become kind of hated online. Like, I, I often see a lot of negativity towards and see whether or not I, you know, feel, you know, feel a bit different uh, now that I did than I did when it first came out, which is Sausage Party, the 2016 animated feature from Seth Rogen. That yeah, it's very adult, and gotta be honest, I do have some issues with it. Um, mainly that yes, it, it is another feature that tries very hard to be for adults in terms of uh, sometimes some of the characters will say things that just feel like no one talks that way. Um, especially like when it comes to like where it was most strong for me at least was when it came to some of the supermarket workers where they would just start swearing um, in front of the customers and not like in a way where it's like it felt natural in a way where it just felt like, okay, this movie is just trying to have the characters, you know, say fuck and shit and, and stuff like that. It doesn't have to happen too often, but it, it does happen enough where I'm like, People don't talk that way, especially if they're working there. And, you know, I wouldn't notice so much except that it's not funny jokes. It's not funny lines or anything like that. So it's kind of like, this is just awkward. But thankfully, that's so small in the movie that it honestly does not matter. The movie works well because it is a very well-told story. Uh, it's a just a very clever, funny movie. And it, it, essentially, it, it's a parody of Pixar movies. I mean, you can see, of course, that the movie is lampooning other stuff. But for the most part, it's largely Pixar movies. So I got to be honest, for those of you who may, maybe came into this thinking that I was going to tear a, a new one on Sausage Party or just expected something more negative since I, I know it has garnered that kind of reputation. Sorry, but I, I really did enjoy this movie. 
I enjoyed it back when it came out, and I enjoy it more so now. Um, watching it again and seeing the reactions that it gets from people online. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I get it. it. It is annoying to see um, animated features trying very hard to be adults and whatnot. But, you know, if I'm completely honest, when it works, the movie really works. And it works more often than it doesn't. But for those of you who have never heard of the movie, it's um, basically, like I said, it's pretty much a parody of Pixar movies. Uh, you know, in Pixar, we know that toys come to life when no one's looking. Monsters, you know, you know, are, are at work whenever, you know, they're, they're going into our closets to scare us. It's, it's all of those things that you would normally expect from these kinds of, you know, movies. Uh, but it's that it's food. And because it's food, it kind of takes... A pretty obvious but necessary dark turn for what essentially is like, hey, what if we took a lot of those Pixar movies and went with the darkest extreme for them? Because, of course, when it comes to Pixar movies, like, you know, Toy Story, of course, is the most known one where the toys are pretty much worshipping the humans. They're like, oh, you know, they're the people who play with us. They, you know, enjoy us. You know, before this came out, one of the more recent Pixar movies at the time was Inside Out, which was, of course, about emotions, you know, who, of course, build people. And, you know, with that, it's like, okay, we're focused on the person that we're in to basically make sure that they're as perfect as they need to be. That is played around with here because it's sort of like, you know, all these food-worshipping humans, they call them gods, so they're not even bullshitting on it. And they're pretty much like, okay, so there's a really catchy song done by Alan Macon, of all people, who most of you will know as the guy who does the music for a lot of the classic Disney movies from, like, the 90s and whatnot. And it's all about these, you know, the food basically worshipping people. It's like, oh, if we, you know, praise the, the gods here, we'll eventually go into the promised land, we'll do a lot of great things, we'll bathe in glory, and realistically, the food don't don't shy away from it. They acknowledge we're going to fuck a lot. And in that way, it kind of, you know, feels like, okay, so this is definitely taking an aim at uh, religion. You know, of course, it's not that it's even being subtle about it. it. It literally mentions stuff like beliefs, and of course, the fact that that character's mentioned consider the humans to be gods. Um, it, it's very obvious what it's lampooning. But of course, it's fun because you realize like okay this is really like an extreme take on what we would normally see from pixar movies and it doesn't let up like it it of course goes all in on it again i can understand that some people might not be too into the the fact that the characters are pretty much all horny dipshits but it's like i mean realistically speaking how many religions often tie sex with either like the afterlife or as a thing that you are supposed to get out of doing like the right things like oh you know you're supposed to wait until marriage and then that's when you get to make love with your wife but of course they try to still add in like oh that's so you can get kids but you know it's one of those things where it's like it's encouraging you to have lots of kids so it's encouraging you to fuck a lot these religions are very sexual and you know of course not not to say that oh if you're religious you're a horny dipshit it's just a lot of it does seem to kind of tie into it if you look at it and i I love that the movie kind of plays around with that but again it it just does not let up uh the whole movie is pretty much all on this and of course you have the main character who's voiced by seth rogan he's a sausage named frank ha um who's in love with a bun named uh, brenda played by Kristen wig and pretty much what it is is he's already having doubts about like the whole belief but he's like you know whatever i'm in love with this girl and i want to be with her which that all gets 
thrown away the second a returned uh, honey mustard comes comes into the picture into the cart that they're in when they're about to be um, purchased and basically starts saying like no you guys are all fucking wrong you guys are you know going into your deaths um, if you're going with the gods so forget this of course Frank, who's already having doubts, starts considering his words, uh, especially as he mentions, like, oh, yeah, there's some other um, people in this restaurant, um, not restaurant, um, superstore, that are aware of, like, you know, what's the truth, but don't seem to want to tell anyone else. So one thing leads to another. The Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig characters get knocked out of the basket, and that results in what is most of the story, and of course, this is a typical Pixar thing, where they're supposed to return to their owls just so they can get back in time before the ticking time clock, which is, as they call it, Red Rider Blue Day, or 4th of July, and go back to their afterlife, or whatever. Along the way, they get they get sidekicks with a bagel and a lavash. Um, the lavash... I believe it's David Krumholtz who's uh, David Krumholtz who's voicing him, and then the bagel is voiced by Edward Norton, and it's a really good voice performance. Um, very stereotypical uh, on that, and I'll get into the stereotypes in a bit. But for the most part, I get why that might be a problem with some people. But I got to be honest, the movie is acknowledging it in a way where it's like I, I get why this could be seen as racist, but for the most part, it's done well. So yeah, that is a good chunk of the movie. Them trying to go back um, to their essentially home so they can go off and be happy of course you you have the wrench in there with frank having doubts and now having heard it from someone so you know further confirming that he may be onto something uh decides like okay while we're going home we're gonna maybe take a detour and you know hey you know maybe encounter the the characters that um the honey mustard dimension which was a, a fire water and this leads to a whole thing with non-perishable characters Twinkies, Grits, and stuff like that, who know a lot more than what's going on. And for the most part, that that is majority of the movie. You do get a little subplot, or one of the sausages that was taken, who was a, a friend of Seth Rogen's character, um, played by Michael Sarah. Shoot, I'm forgetting his name. Barry, Barry was his name. Who's like this little deformed sausage who actually witnesses, like, okay, yeah. So it turns out that the humans are killing us and you know eating us. And again, it's it's really great stuff. Like it's the kind of thing where I'm like. I don't know, isolated, I would imagine that without the language, this would probably still get it like a PG rating, but with the language, it definitely goes for hard R, and it kind of makes sense because the kills in this are brutal, even though it's essentially just food, like, oh, they chop up the, the hot dogs, they're melting the cheese on the on the chips, um, the potato gets, you know, skinned alive, um, it's all that kind of funny stuff. But it, it does um, go into this whole thing where the characters are swearing a lot. And for the most part, I get why some people might be having issues with it. But I'm like, you know, a lot of this doesn't feel forced. Like I said, there are some that, that do feel forced. But the food swearing, not so much. Just because, one, we're, we're already established they're horny as shit. But two, the more important thing is that when they're swearing, with, when witnessing the truth, it's like, well, yeah. I mean, if you saw this giant massacre, you would probably lose your shit too so that that stuff is always funny and again for the most for the most part the, the bulk of the plot is the, the the frank's um character going back home but using it as an excuse to find out the truth of what's going on he of course encounters the non-perishable items which is kind of funny because you got you know like the grits character and the firewater character who are both stereotypes. Um, again, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting into that. You have the Twinkie character, who's also kind of a stereotype. Uh, twink, 
figure it out. But, you know, the, the other two, you know, what's what's funny about them is, like, you have, like, the whole Native American stereotype and the um, black stereotype. Um, and, and they both hate crackers, the food. But, of course, it, well, you know what the, what the joke is there. And, and they, of course, explain, like, okay, yeah, we actually just created the song that you guys sing all the time. We created the whole vision of you know, the aftermath because we saw how a lot of people were suffering and while we were able to escape it because we're non-perishable, a lot of other items here aren't and there's only so much they can do. So rather than constantly hear them crying, we decided like, okay, well, make them happy about what's going to happen. Uh, make them think that it's going to be something positive just so, you know, it, it makes it easier for people to handle and just so we, we don't have constant ma- mass panic because I would imagine that that would being very harsh and i will say this much i do love the animation that they use when they explain this because it goes into 2d briefly and it feels like uh like 50 style cartoons the animation on this is okay it's very cheap uh it's noticeably cheap and while it's not the worst i've ever seen it's, it's not exactly great sometimes i don't know if it's supposed to be a joke or not you see like the character just flail, flailing their arms all over the place and it's just like why are they animated that way? It's just weird. Yeah, for the most part, it's a very fun, um, well-done animation. I mean, for the most part, since uh, the characters are just food, you don't have to rely on having super detail. It's just, as long as you get it across, it's fine. And sometimes, even though there's they're massacring, massacring um, all these characters, it is kind of like, fuck, I kind of want to get, get some food right now. But yeah, uh, for the most part, moving aside from the food, moving aside from the language, I will say that, yes... There are a lot of stereotypes in this movie. I mean, really badly. Like, you know, within the opening minutes, you get, like, the Chinese food talking very stereotypically Chinese, like, with a heavy accent. You get, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, I get why this should be offensive. Like, there's even at some point where they go into, like, the Mexican food aisle and they introduce another character that comes along for the adventure, which is uh, a character voiced by Sama Hayek um, called Teresa the Taco. She's a lesbian taco who's horny. And I get why some people might not appreciate the stereotypes in there, but again, it kind of feels like it, it works in the story's favor, especially given the subject, because it's like, yeah, a lot of food tends to have, like, personalities or, you know, culture you know, project it onto it. Like, you know, whether it's, like, in the product itself, like, you know, if, if you've ever had, like, Tapatio, yeah, like, the little little um, icon in there, which is a bearded Mexican man, and it's, like, this thing looks kind of stereotypical. A lot of Chinese food, because we like to emphasize the culture, gets heavily, becomes, like, very much, like, a product of, like, Chinese, like, a, a Chinese-looking thing, where it's, Basically, like, yeah, this feels... If it wasn't for the fact that this was food and was intentionally made this way just to kind of show it off, it kind of feels racist. I mean, we, we got Uncle Ben, Uncle um, Aunt Jemima, all this stuff where I'm like... Again, you can complain about this movie being racist, but at the same time, look at what's actually on the store shelves and tell me that we aren't actually there with a lot of this stuff. Which is why I'm mostly okay with that, because it's like, yeah, this is uncomfortable, I'm not not denying that, but it feels like we kind of have to address that, especially when we 
see it up front and it's like if you're going to be grafting personalities on these and like let's be real here this is again another Pixar thing where like you know whether it's like the toys or whatnot are grafted personalities onto in their movies and it's usually ref- reflective of whatever they are I mean with cars we literally had like the cars being based off like oh this is a car that's normally used by hippies so let's make it a hippie car Ramon is a lowrider so he's very Hispanic and again not, not to say that it goes full on races with that but it is to a point where it's like it can be kind of questionable and if you're gonna take it to an extreme especially with a parody it makes sense to go with that so i have no problem with it i understand if some people you know don't like that but for the most part i don't have a problem with it to me at least that's at least a a more understandable complaint than i i don't like the language i don't know when it comes to a lot of people I get why they don't like how a lot of adult animated features try to force in the adult aspects of it. But you have to understand that since this is a very, like, you know, like, a very misunderstood medium in entertainment, like, a lot of people do still try to associate it with kids, even when it's very clear that it's not. Like, you know, thinking about Pixar movies throughout this entire thing, most of them work well, you know, if you're an adult. Especially um, if you look at the metaphors, they, they work very well like toy story whether it's one two three even four yeah kids can watch it kids can enjoy it but if you want the most out of it if you want like the the metaphors in the movie to actually hit hard you're gonna have to be an adult it's not a very simple thing for kids to grasp like the whole idea of like an adult who basically wants to spend time more time you know with a kid who's now focused on another toy or in reality, it would be more like a kid who maybe now is more inspired by like a teacher than they are by their own father. That's the way I kind of interpreted that. Or in the case of like the last Toy Story, where it was literally like a father who's already done with his kid and he's maybe taking care of another kid, like let's say like his grandkid or something like that. But you know, he has to choose that or go back with the person he loves because the grandkid realistically has. Other people that are looking after after them, or I don't know, it's it's not perfect, and I'm not really here to talk about that. The point is that you can kind of see where these things make more sense for an adult, and um, because of that, it's like yeah, these movies, even if they don't have all these swears or whatnot, they work as adult features. But because of that, um, because a lot of people don't see it that way, they often are like, okay, well, we gotta make it more more adult by adding in all these things and i can't blame him i mean that's what some people ask for when they say like oh if it's going to be adult it has to have the language it has to have the blood it has to have all that stuff so i I get it from that regard i know it, it can be annoying especially if they just force it in but for the most part seeing people complain about it with this movie it's like i don't know did you actually watch the movie or are you just going by what you assume the movie is? Because, again, while some of it is definitely forced and I will say that that stuff is weak, uh, for the most part, it's like most of it definitely works and most of it does feel right in this movie. Going beyond that, like, you know, it's just a very funny movie. It's very silly. I, I like that the villain in this movie is a literal douche. It's a douche who acts like a douche. Nick Kroll, who's easily the best Boy, a vocal performance in this movie just because you know one it's a really great voice for the character uh, I like the lines that he's given I like that there's a running gag where anytime he mentions like a certain thing like you know like the way a, a jock douchey guy would say like oh um you know turn up the beat and then you know a beat pops up and it's like hey what are you talking about me I, you get a lot of that throughout the, the whole movie and, and it's just very funny because it eventually leads into a Ratatouille parody with him and 
I mean, I, I don't want to really spoil it for anyone who's never seen this movie, but it's a douche. If you know what douches do, you probably figured out where exactly he does his own little version of Ratatouille where controlling humans with his hands, so... Trust me, it's funny. And, yeah, it's just a very clever movie. I, I like how it, of course, is satirizing um, Pixar. I, I don't know. Think about animation in terms of the comedy ones. Has there ever been one that fully lampoons another animation studio or style beyond this movie I, I feel like this is probably like the only movie where it's like it it's an animated parody that what its subject is is specifically uh something else that's animated so it makes sense for it to be the way it is because again that's another reason why i don't mind a lot of the adult stuff in here because it's like well it is a parody of pixar movies so if you're gonna lampoon it and especially want to do it in a way where it's like okay look a lot of people who watch these movies are now adults let's just cut the bullshit and just say like you know if you look at it from a certain perspective if you take their concepts to their extreme you realize it's really fucking dark um it's pretty much like these things are worshiping uh, um people in a religious way and considering it considering how bad some things can be yeah it, it, it can be pretty bad so i don't know i i love it for all those reasons um for the most part really great movie uh really funny movie i just i don't know i highly recommend it like if, if you're the kind of person who gets easily offended by, you know, language and whatnot. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I get it. Some, you know, people have their own limitations. This movie might not be for you, but if you're willing to, like, you know, look at our cartoon and just be like, like let's take the piss out of, you know, a known company like Pixar. You don't mind the language, you know, if you're into, like, adult comedy shows like Family Guy, Rick and Morty, a lot of the adult swim stuff, you'll get a lot of managers out of this. I mean, personally, I'm a big fan of, of a lot of um, Seth Rogen's movies. I, I think um, the ones that he tends to write and, you know, act in are, are, are normally pretty funny. So, for me, this was kind of a sell, you know, sold, you know, the second it came out. And realistically, since, I, I don't know, it's not that big of a deal, but if... A lot of you um, remember the whole leak that Sony had years ago because of another Seth Rogen movie, the interview, the, the North Korean um, comedy movie. You'll know that this movie got leaked, at least scripted, a few years before it even came out. I remember reading it. It's kind of rough, but for the most part, it's what you get out of this movie, and it's still pretty funny. I think the end result is the funniest thing in the whole movie, and for the most part, I, I do love how the movie ends as a further way of, like, Yes, we're taking this whole metaphor all the way with the characters essentially realizing, like, okay, so it's not just the gods in this world that we have to kill. Because by the end of the movie, they're pretty much like, yeah, we got to kill people. And it's it's really great. The carnage is great. Um, they realize, like, okay, there's one extra level above the people that are here that we'll do, we're dealing with. And I guess, spoiler alert, whatever, this movie came out years ago. It turns out that they're going into the real world. Like, they've been acknowledged, like, Hey, Frank, you're voiced by a guy named Seth Rogen. Hey, um, you know, Sammy Bagel, you're voiced by Ed Norton. And, you know, he even insults himself. It's it's great. Yeah, it's just an all-around, you know, really funny movie. It's, I think it was really great. I understand there was some controversy based on how they underpaid workers, which sucks. I'm not going to deny that. It definitely sucks. I kind of feel like that might have derailed a lot of the conversation this movie had because I know it was a pretty big hit when it came out, but once that... Um, the news broke out on that it kind of lost a lot of the goodwill that it had 
Um, and I'm not sure if that's a big reason why the internet's kind of turned on this movie. Uh, I, I get it. You know, there's a lot of movies that really need to pay their workers better. And without a doubt that, that's understandable. And if you're mad at it for that reason, I get it. You know, it, it makes sense. Me personally, I'm just like, okay, that, that sucks. But I'm not going to deny that the end product is still a really funny movie. If for nothing else, because one of the things I learned about it was that Sama Hayek, uh, who plays, of course, the, the Taco character, was apparently very confused and uncomfortable with a lot of what she was saying and like not not to the point where she didn't like working on it but she was like okay look I, edward norton you know told me like hey you should come along and i'll play a role on this it's very fun and then realizing it um oh it's one of those kinds of movies it's not just a simple kid's movie so i don't know that, that that's very funny to to just visualize just that the, the reactions of like her seeing her horny character and being like, okay, I don't know, beyond that, I think it's, it's just a really solid movie, and, you know, it's definitely worth watching, especially if you're going to watch it for 4th of July, but realistically, you don't even have to watch it for that. The movie does not lean too hard on the holiday, and if I'm talking about it now, it's just because it happens to take place on the holiday, so I figured, like, hey, you know, that's a fun one to, to look at. It's there enough so that you know what, what it's focusing on, but it's not the the whole thing in the movie like it's not gonna turn into a whole america metaphor at least not entirely but whatever but yeah thank you for listening i hope to see you again next time and have a great holiday what did he do to you you don't wanna fucking know Thank you for coming on and listening to me today. If you enjoyed it, you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can follow my podcast. It's on Podbean, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to support me even more, there's always the option of Patreon. Patreon is a great way to support artists. And with that, you can always put in a dollar or even more. It's all up to you. All just to help produce the show and other things I may do. Thank you again and I hope to see you in the coming future.